Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Emotional intelligence and resilience are vital skills in today's world. And my first guest, Stephanie O'Malley from Education Desti, has developed an online programme which develops and fosters these capabilities in children. Stephanie joins us now to discuss the success which Education Desti is enjoying in the UK market and how it has gained the Royal Seal of Approval. Stephanie, before we discuss the business, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure, Carl. Well, my my formal training is as an educational psychologist. So I did my degree way back in 98 in Galway and I suppose got as much experience as I could to see which pathway I was going to go in terms of psychology. That was my passion at that time. And I was fortunate to get on to my master's course in UCD um, in 2005. And that's where I suppose my passion for the whole area of emotional well-being and the emotional intelligence of children came from. So talk to us about the thinking behind education, Desti. Yeah, it's been a very long process, I have to say. I remember my nieces being about six or seven when we talked about Desti and they turned 21, I can't believe, over the summer. So Desti has been uh, an evolution of a long period of time and thought process. And I suppose, you know, a lot of it came from my master's training in the educational psychology. And at that time, which is quite a few years ago now, there was a heavy emphasis on the psychometric testing of children, you know, the numbers, the IQ scores. Um, and I always struggled with that. I struggled in my training and in my placements. And I always felt there was something missing. And I remember one of our lecturers coming in talking about the emotional and social aspects of learning. Um, and we had a small input on that. But that really captured my interest. And I thought, this is the something that I feel we're missing. Um, so I, I was lucky to get on an innovation program in UCD at the time. And I was, had the opportunity for a year to explore this idea of something that could be delivered to children that would support that element of learning, that foundational skills of social and emotional elements. And so it started with the innovation centre set in UCD in Nova, which was a fantastic support. And I chipped away at it for a long time, um, you know, meeting different people that could help me move it on a little bit more. And then around 2015, I suppose I kind of came to a point where I solidified, you know, what the programme was about and what, what I wanted to do. So what is Education Desti all about? Well, DESTI is an acronym, and that's kind of where the vision started from. And the acronym means Discovering Exceptional Strengths and Talents in You. Um, And the acronym also is the name of our little character, our little online mentor, DESTI. And the whole idea of the programme is about providing children with the skills, the resources and a role model in terms of how they can develop their emotional literacy, their emotional intelligence and ultimately their emotional resilience. Um, And... There is a software element to it. So they do visit a program online with the support of a mentor. And so the key for this program and always has been the really important part for me is that we train up and support and guide some real person, a real life person, if you like, in the child's life. So it's generally a teacher or a learning support assistant, somebody in a school setting typically that we train and support and that they then use the curriculum that we've developed. Again, online, there's some offline materials as well to support the child to understand, you know, their, their feelings and how they can use them and how they can regulate them to become the best that they can. Provide us with an insight next into the curriculum that underpins the programme. The curriculum is based on three core building blocks. And the whole idea is that, you know, in a very broad basis, we have three core parts of the brain. The bottom part of the brain is like the survival brain. And we have to feel safe and secure. And we have to feel like we're in in a situation where we are connected and are protected. The second part of the brain is all about feeling that we have an emotional bond or emotional 
um, connection, attachments with the environment and with the people in the environment. And the third part then is around the thinking brain, the neurological, you know, the problem solving, the, 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 the real thinking part of it. And so the whole way that the programme has been built up, what I found a lot of programmes that I explored, they were at the top down, they were trying to approach the learning. So they were giving strategies around, you know, problem solving strategies, you know, mindfulness, lots of really good tools and good strategies. But the problem where they were forgetting about the foundation levels of the brain for all adults and children, which is that we have to feel safe, we have to feel emotionally connected, and then we can start to really learn, understand, plan, critically think, reflect. So that is the the foundation and that's the core structure of how I developed the curriculum. And why is it difficult for children to naturally develop emotional intelligence? really interesting when you look at it and when I do the training and I run monthly mentor meetups with my mentors you know it's an area that so many of us struggle with it's not just children and I think one of the biggest things for children is and and myself and others included we don't have the role models really of very highly emotionally intelligent beings who help us to who model for us what it's like when we come up against challenges who model the emotional vocabulary the importance of that having a range of words for how we feel not just one or two and it's been shown this wonderful research done by the Center for Emotional and Social Learning in the US Castle it's called and they have demonstrated how the broader a child's emotional vocabulary and adults the broader the vocabulary the more likely you are to be able to regulate feelings when you have the word and Dan Siegel it, name it to tame it. And the reality is, and I know lots of your listeners will work in workplaces where, you know, they identify themselves or certainly colleagues, other people where that emotional regulation and that emotional intelligence, it just hasn't been developed. And we still can be very successful, but it can be an area that a lot of us can struggle with. And is it all to do with building that capacity within children to understand and to be able to express emotions such as anger, sadness and fear? Exactly. The first thing is having a word for it, like emotional vocabulary. If you think of how we learn language, you know, you start off at a word level, understanding the words and having words. It's then identifying those in our environment, in ourselves and understanding when they arise. And when they're a little older, then understanding it's a little bit more abstract, the thoughts that arise. So, you know, looking at how all those parts are connected up. And once we raise our self-awareness and we can name it, first of all. So, for example, a child, you know, they're going swimming and they're planning to go swimming and suddenly it's cancelled at the last minute. And you might see a child getting really angry about that and having a big emotional outburst. Actually, what the child is feeling is disappointed, most likely, but they don't have that word disappointed. They don't know what that feels like. So they've got happy, sad, angry. So when something like this swimming being cancelled happens, their knee-jerk reaction is angry because that's the one I have in my bank. I don't have a scale of other words in my bank. So that's the one I default to. So what we find is that as children develop the words to more accurately name, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, whatever the, the, the issue actually might be in that moment, the more then they can deal with it because they can. it's almost like it's being identified so it's been separated to some degree and they're not consumed by it and they can then start to build resilience by looking, well, now what can we do with this disappointment? Interestingly, you found it easier to scale the business in the UK than you have here in Ireland. I absolutely have. And like Ireland has been the most fabulous test um, market, if you like, for me. It said it was great to travel around, learn from the expertise of teachers in Ireland. Um, the funding model, as, as you know, I know, Carl, as well, in Ireland is very different for schools in the UK. So in Ireland, you're literally knocking on every individual school door. You're explaining the programme. You know, the, the education centres that I trained from were fabulous in terms of being able to kind of bring a group of schools together. But typically, it for me, it was almost like every school I had to, you know, approach and explain and all of that. 
in the UK because of the structure of their funding. So I said, Ireland, we've got the Department of Education. There might be a little bit of kind of budget there through parents' councils or different things in Ireland. In the UK, because you're dealing with individual local authorities that fund education, but also fund other types of interventions and other cohorts of children, um, you've got a much easier way, I suppose, of explaining at a broader level or a higher up level what you're doing and for them to then roll out to network of schools. So an example would be Norfolk um, Local Authority that we've recently been working with and they've just rolled out to 50 schools as part you know in the last um, just say since May they've been rolling it out so that would have been incredibly difficult to get in Ireland now we've been very lucky in Ireland because we have a number of fabulous schools completion programs and schools completion program officers who've trained and are bringing Destiny into schools and schools are hearing about Destiny through that model but certainly the UK has been for us a better model in terms of the route to market and to be able to scale. How accessible were the key people in local authorities in the UK and how open were they then when you got in front of them? I think I was very fortunate. At the time, a number of years ago, I was doing a doctorate in the University of, of London. And as part of that, my supervisor put me in touch with the local authority in Hampshire. He was a senior education psychologist. He really liked what we were do- I was doing. And he, he put good contacts my way, which was really, really helpful to open a door into a local authority. That was the key piece, getting into one. We ran a pilot there in 2015 with their um, local education psychology service, a small scale pilot, which was success- really successful. And they were very happy with the impact. So having that initial test site was really useful. And Hampshire was a very good key area to start with as well. And from that then, I suppose, we got to know other people in that area. One area we we it, it didn't happen by design as such, but the programme was really taken on by people supporting young children in foster care or adoptive care. And so we found our way from the Hampshire pilot into sort of that market where there was specific funding. And what age profile is education Desti most appropriate for? Is it primary or secondary? It's absolutely primary. And typically in in the UK, they say key stage two, but it's typically around seven to 12 years old. Now, we do have some mentors, particularly in the UK, working at second level successfully. And we have quite a few early years also using it again in the UK. Um, The the mentors adapted slightly depending on the child and and the age of the child. But typically it's around seven to 12 would be the key key age that would would, would use the intervention. And Stephanie, I understand that Desti has even met the new Prince and Princess of Wales. What did they want to know about the business? Yeah, that, that was a fabulous encounter and we were very fortunate to be invited to meet with them. And I remember I met with um, the Prince of Wales first and he, he saw the teddy and he was quite curious. And I started to explain about the emotional intelligence and he said, oh, this is right down Catherine Street. You have to talk to her about it. So I spoke to him for a couple of minutes, but then the Princess of Wales um, I had the opportunity to speak with her and she just got it immediately. She had just launched her um, under five research into you know interventions that can be used for children in the first five years. So she was really curious about it. Um, the feeling cards in particular, we spoke about those and how we've got a set of, it comes with the programme, a set of 26 feelings and a feeling pack to make feelings fun and to expand their vocabulary in a very natural way. So she just mentioned that her, her son, you know, George, it was something that she had been, you know, working with him on recently. Now, this is obviously this was a couple of years years ago so he was younger at that stage but um, yeah she just totally understood it and from I suppose her her knowledge in, in this area as well it was something that she completely could see the benefit and you know how this would be a, a key resource for schools. And Stephanie finally what are your growth plans for Education Desti over the next five years? I mean, the focus for the next year, year eight to eighteen months, is still the UK because we have, we feel a huge, um, you know, we still have so much work to do there, and also looking at 
our second level product within the market that we're in. We do feel there's huge scope in international schools. It's something we started to kind of explore just before COVID. We were in Dubai and we were looking at different schools there that were very interested. So I do think there's a good product market fit there as well. Obviously, we would love to go global. I would love to think in five years' time, you know, we'd be looking towards states and for, you know, and even further. Um, that would be the, the further ambition. But we have a good market in mind for the next 18, 18 months to two years. And I think the UK would be really significant in that period. And then, as I said, international schools and beyond after that. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Stephanie O'Malley from Education Desti. And this is certainly a business which is developing tangible benefits for the children of today and a workforce of the future. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.